O Most High, All-Powerful, Good Lord God, to you belong praise, glory, honor, and all blessing. Be praised, my Lord, for all your creation, and especially for our brother Son, who brings us the day and the light. He is strong and shines magnificently. O Lord, we think of you when we look at him. Be praised, my Lord, for Sister Moon, and for the stars, which you have set shining and lovely in the heavens. Be praised, my Lord, for our brother wind and air, and every kind of weather, by which you, Lord, uphold life in all your creatures. Be praised, my Lord, for Sister Water, who is very useful to us, and humble and precious and pure. Be praised, my Lord, for Brother Fire, through whom you give us light in the darkness. He is bright and lively and strong. Be praised, my Lord, for Sister Earth, our mother who nourishes us and sustains us. Bring forth fruits and vegetables of many kinds and flowers of many colors. Be praised, my Lord, for those who forgive for love of you and for those who bear sickness and weakness in peace and patience. You will grant them a crown. Be praised, my Lord, for our sister death, whom we must all face. I praise and bless you, Lord, and I give thanks to you, and we serve you in all humility. This is People in Place, and my name's Mason. I found this canticle by St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, it's called The Canticle of Creation. Uh, I found it in Richard Bauckham's book, Living with Other Creatures, uh, Green Exegesis and Theology. Uh, of course, I want to read more of St. Francis of Assisi because I think, I mean, needless to say, he's probably my favorite saint that I've come across. There sure is a lot of them, but he's one of the better known ones. And going back into Bauckham, I am immediately reminded at the depth he goes in this book. Uh, not only is he looking at the words of St. Francis of Assisi and analyzing them, but he also is going through many other study books in what he is studying, as most research and theological books tend to go, uh, or at least the ones that are kind of at a higher level. But the work that he's looking at is from Roger D. Sorrell's book, St. Francis of Assisi and Nature is what it's called. The subtitle, Tradition and Innovation in Western Christian Attitudes Towards the Environment. So this book has obviously captured my attention and being sent to the front of my reading list after I reread a few of the current books I have already. Uh, admittedly, and probably somewhat obvious, I don't have the most wide variety of topics read, but in terms of ecology and uh, theology, uh, and even a little bit of philosophy. I, I think I'm covering a good amount of grounds. So if you have books or authors who talk and write in those in, that, in those topics, be sure to send them to me so I can uh, take a look and take some time to read them. Because I feel as though there are a few I know who do a very good job at it, but also I don't want the content to become uh, stale for those who are listening even though I could go back and read a lot of this stuff over and over again. And the benefit I find of doing this is that uh, reading books and acquiring knowledge and, and information is one thing, but applying it to your life uh, is a, an entirely different process. So we can have a lot of head knowledge, but if we're not 
putting that into action, there's not really any use for it. Uh, and so if I'm seemingly on a topic for a long time, that just means I'm trying to integrate this into my life and my practice in a way that I feel satisfied with. And if I am not satisfied with it, I'm going to keep on reading and learning and uh, diving deeper into it. And so this whole podcast it really has been a, uh, an inside look on how am I taking the steps and what am I doing to integrate more uh, creation care into my life. Uh, my friend Caleb and I were just having a conversation about that today and thinking of how do our uh, occupations and our jobs um, fit into that that ambition that we have of caring for the the places we live and in doing so caring for the people. Uh, I don't know if you noticed in the updated uh, logo of the show and the description, uh, I maybe left a little bit more um, insight into what the ambition of this whole podcast is all about. So if you haven't yet, go take a look at that. Let me know what you think. Uh, it's really hard getting feedback for podcasts because it's a one-way conversation and uh, breaking that barrier of it being just me talking into a mic uh, doesn't come all that naturally. So uh, yeah, the, the canticle I just read, I really appreciate it. Uh, I find it beautiful. The the imagery and the correlation that he makes to the various elements, uh, brother, sun, sister, moon, brother, wind and air, uh, sister, water, all of these uh, sort of personifying them is, it, I think, creates almost a holistic feel of this, of this writing. And uh, if you're into poetry at all, I recommend uh, the podcast, uh, the daily poem it's a quick podcast but each day they release an episode that where they read a poem and they offer a little bit of analysis into it definitely definitely take a look it's if for anything it, it gives you some beautiful words to listen to for the day for a few minutes yeah so it's called the, the daily poem just search that and you will be gifted with beautiful poetry uh, every weekday uh, so I'm going to continue and read the little excerpt from Richard Bachman's book, Living with Other Creatures, which offers a little bit more of, um, well, it gives me something to dig deeper into, something I feel a little more comfortable talking on. So here it is. The creatures are appreciated in three ways, for their practical usefulness in making human life possible and good, for their beauty, and for the way their distinctive qualities reflect the divine being. In particular, Sir Brother Sun, in his beauty and radiance, resembles God. This is an appreciation of the God-given value of creation, which goes far beyond a purely utilitarian anthropocentric view. It celebrates the interdependent harmony of creation. The canticle is designed to teach people to think of creation with gratitude, appreciation, and respect. That quick summary of... Uh, Bauckham's sort of uh, separation of the three ways of appreciating creatures uh, really helps me understand that that writing a little bit better. Too often, I think we get hung up on the first point of animals having just a practical usefulness, or even how can we monetize them for our advantage, when our understanding of creatures and creation as a whole stops at this point 
uh, exploitation will follow closely behind. As the other two points follow, it seems as though our perception of creation must also expand. As a photographer, I find it easy to appreciate the beauty and aesthetic value of creatures. Uh, in fact, many creative people find this next step easier, and uh, this is a great, um, great place to be. A barrier, I think, is that most people don't think or understand themselves to be creative. Uh, I would also propose we are all in errantly creative and merely suppress it or lose the vulnerability to express it. Um, myself, always, I have a continual sort of self-doubt whenever I'm sharing, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog post, whether it's my photography or anything like that. There's always that um, sort of that delusion in the back of your mind of, am I the only one that thinks this is good or why am I sharing this? What is the purpose of this? Um and so being able to suppress that rather than our creative vulnerability uh, is a great step for also being able to perceive creation and the other creatures as having a beauty and, and a value just inherently um, from their physical appearance and their the way that they are able to aid the earth in its function. The perspective shifting challenge is the third way of appreciating creatures understanding or taking time to look into what qualities within that creature reflect the divine is a task most shy away from and even myself am uncomfortable with at times i'm thinking this is especially so in the christian evangelical tradition due to a fear of worshiping the creature or replacing the divine with an idol of course this would be a mistake to simplify such a concept down to idolization of creatures um by putting in the cognitive effort to appreciate the God-given value of creatures and embrace the reality that each creature is made for far more than utilitarian use seems to be a foreign concept for math for most of the world. And, and this isn't something that just comes overnight. This is something that will take time. Um, and I think an extreme version of this being done would be cows in India and how they are seen as deities. This is uh, I think a drastic overstep in seeing uh, the goodness of the creation, creative value of these animals. But if we're able to have almost the same reverence for them without the idolization, I think that is a, a safe spot to be in. Um, we're able to see how do these animals, uh, in the case of ruminants, how do they help the the land and the soil, and how do the birds and the insects and the reptiles and how how are all of these different creatures playing into the the greater view of uh, ecological harmony as well as a harmony with one another and with humans how how is all how are all these relationships playing off one another and uh, once there's that that cohesion of everything working well without humans getting in the way of natural processes then i think uh, we're really actually um, right on top of what is being expressed in uh, in the last third view of valuing and appreciating uh, creatures for their distinctive qualities re that reflect the divine. Acknowledging the goodness in all creation and how to share in gratitude with our world enables us to treat our homes and those we live near with love. Without acknowledging the goodness of creation, it makes it 
a lot more difficult for us to be able to even love people. Um, people being often more difficult to love uh, and easier to love at times, but rather than loving those who we may find it difficult to love, we may just opt out and not even try. The concluding sentence that summarizes the purpose of the canticle really should be our goal whenever entering into the presence of creation with hearts of gratitude, appreciation, and respect. So next time you go out for a walk or you're out and you see uh, creatures, just try to approach them with a heart of gratitude, appreciation, and respect. Um, If we're looking at the world with this lens, then it becomes a lot easier to to be a participating member and bring, bring peace and love to the people near us. So that concludes my reading of the canticle from St. Francis of Assisi called The Canticle of Creation with an excerpt from Richard Bauckham's book, Living with Other Creatures. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for the great feedback from those who have reached out to me. It means a lot. Um, I really enjoy putting this show together and I hope you enjoy listening to it each time it's released. If you have any suggestions, feel free to email me at ecologyandexist at gmail.com. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that email or just give out my personal one. It's all connected anyways. And uh, there's also my social media handles, which might be a little bit more current for getting in contact with me. Those are in the descriptions. The music you hear is by Joseph Tennant. Check out his beautiful songs and I hope you have a splendid day. Peace. Peace.